Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. All righty, and you are live. Hello there. Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It is March 8th, and I am Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Walter, Walter, Walt Silver, <laughs> who is my co-host, and uh, Colleen Kelly, who's my producer, and our guest again, uh, Reverend Lee Brown from Atlanta. She's not sitting beside me tonight. So, uh First off, let me welcome you again, Lee. Um, how's everything there in Atlanta? You doing okay? I mean, is storm-wise, you got any? <laughs> we like weather reports. What's happening in your world? Well, I'm missing the Wilder Yard in South Florida desperately. <laughs> However, we have had lots of beautiful sunshine, and it's been in the 70s, so I'm... Skype should be back any moment. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. Was it something I said? <laughs> Man, I need to put that uh, umbrella up over this place, too, I guess. Get everybody covered. Walt, you back? Go ahead and talk. I'll start out with trying to hang up with him and try to get him back. <laughs> okay. We'll try that. Um, okay. So, Lee, so you're saying you're having nice weather there in Atlanta. It's 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 been crazy all over. Somebody else was telling me up north they're expecting 70-degree weather. So my aunt in uh, New York. So uh, I'll, I'll take it over that 30-degree stuff I left a few weeks ago. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to get on the inversion table today and look at the world upside down. I think that's straightening it all up. <laughs> yeah, you like that thing. <laughs> I sure do. I sure okay. do. Um, Walt, are you back? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. All okay. right. Good, 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 good. All righty. So, um, okay, so how are you doing, Walt? <laughs> oh, it's so nice. We had warm breeze all day today. Like warm being what? Because that's relative. <laughs> well, it's it, it's warm if it's like 60-something. So ah, instead okay. of walking around with these razor blades cutting into your skin, you can walk around and actually not be in pain. Well, maybe spring is here, and Colleen, you must have had a fairly good day, too. Yes, I have. I got up on time, did Dolly's show, had my coffee, and everything's been going great until... But Dolly's show did the same thing. Just as her show was starting, it went down. Huh. But then it came back up, and no problems after that. So. Well, let, let's hope the same. Yep. Um... Okay, last time that you were on with us, Lee, you uh, you made some friends out there because they found your information to be very, very accurate and helpful. And um, when we got finished, you said to me, "Ah, but we didn't talk about." And I said, "Oh, you're right. You'll have to come back." So <laughs> now you're back. So um, what was it that you exactly wanted to, you know, cover? Because it was interesting to me, but to be honest, I don't remember it. <laughs> I, uh, well, we covered a lot of ground, you and I, in that week or so. So one of the, um, I, I I told you I was going with the hidden agenda because I, 
you know, I, we, we explained to folks that I've been working with the psychic line since they first started back in the 80s. And one of the questions I get asked over and over again is about when am I going to meet my soulmate, my soulmate? And um, I told you that's one of the most annoying questions to me because, and, and, and since it was so close to Valentine's Day, I was going to use you and, and Walt's show as my forum to try to spread the information that the last person that I believe anyone should ever be asking for is their soulmate. I think that that's one of the reasons why we have so many dysfunctional relationships on this planet right now, or at least in this country. Somebody got a hold of the soulmate idea, and they got in this thinking that this is their soft place to land. Well, now, when they say soulmate, well, how do you understand it to me? What do you understand it to me? Well, and... and, and Please, you know, listeners, Nancy already knows this. Always feel free never to believe anything I tell you. That way I get to tell you the truth as I know it without worrying about um, somebody getting all caught up in the noise. Um, but what I know to be true is that when we're in spirit, we have a lot of buddies, mates as they call them in Australia, in Australia a lot of mates that... Um, when we decide to do a lifetime in Earth plane third dimension, which is not the easiest school in the universe, we go to our buddies and we say as souls that um, we want to go and learn and experience about whatever it is we want to go and learn and experience, which are the, the life lessons we talked about when I was on a few weeks ago. And so... We go to our buddies and we say, I'm going to Earth, I'm going to do this, who wants to come along? And some of our mates say, Lord, no, 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 that, that is not Disney World, I'm not going to Earth playing third dimension, but if you need my help, call me from here. And those are what I think a lot of people think is their spirit guides. Um, they're really just your buddies on the other side that didn't want to come play down here or here. Um, we have other people who love us so much as souls that they say, sure, I'll come and make sure that you learn and, and accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. And most of the time, we learn through pain. Um, the challenge to that is that when we leave the planet, before we completely rest and, and get joyous in soul, spirit, we go through a life review. And in the life review, we experience our life, not just that quick life flashing before your eyes that people talk about before they get slammed into by another car on the highway, but we experience our lives from the experiences that we have presented to others, such as if we woke up in the morning and cranked at our kid and our kid kicked the dog and the dog bit the cat and the cat went out, we have to experience the pain and confusion that we created all the way down the line. So we have to experience our lives from the impact that we've had in our lives. And even though I don't know all the answers, I think that's where some of our impressions of heaven and hell come from. 
I think if you live a life where what you are experiencing in the life review is the love you've given out and the positive impact you've had, that's kind of heavenly. But if you're experiencing it through the pain you put out there, that's kind of hell-like. So... Most you know, I had I had somebody say to me once, the only goal in life should be that your memory cause creates a smile. You know, and, and that's that's really touching to me. Is that yeah, that 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 makes so much sense. I I never thought of it that way, but yeah, that we look at it from what we did, the impact we had versus the impact others had on us. Correct. Exactly, and the. You know, I have a lot of people that will call me and say, you know, I, I want, you know, like they want this instant gratification when someone's hurt them. And they want to know that that person is going to suffer, that that person's going to understand, that person's going to get it back. And so the place that I always rest is that, you know, even if they make it through this lifetime without, when they're in their life review, they're going to experience everything that we experience because of their actions. So... Nobody gets off scot-free for crappy behavior, um, in my understanding. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nice to watch turnaround while you're right there, but at the same time, as I said, it's, it, 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 it doesn't seem to always work out that way. But in my understanding, when we do leave the planet, we have got to experience the impact that we've had, good, bad, or indifferent, all the way down the line. And not just the first level impact, but the entire program. Like I said, the, the dog that did nothing wrong that got kicked, the confusion, the pain of the kick, the, the betrayal of the one that you love, because dogs just go ahead and love you, you know. So we experience the whole gamut. And so when people say, I want my soulmate, it's like they're, they're asking for someone to come in that's going to really kind of make them learn their lessons. Our soulmates are rarely the person that's going to be our soft place to land. And I I just find it kind of confusing and, and a little frustrating when I have someone that's complaining about how much pain their partner's causing them. And I'm thinking, well, that's probably one of your soulmates, you know, because only someone who loves you that much as a soul is willing to take on the karma of hurting you so badly. So the question becomes, do you want someone who's really going to help you grow or do you want someone who's going to love you as you are and hopefully be someone who's going to be more of a soft place to land and perhaps someone who will help you to grow in a perhaps less painful way. And that is what I determine. And this isn't a name I got from anybody else, but I call that your heart partner. And so I, I actively encourage these folks to change their verbiage because the universe many times is very happy to give us what we, we are asking for. And then we find out that wasn't exactly what we wanted. So that was part of my agenda the first time was to have a forum to put it out there to folks that please stop asking for your soulmates. Okay, now a soulmate in most people's minds is, I guess, somebody who understands life the same way you do, correct? I think in most people's mind, the soulmate is the person they're meant to be with. The person, you know, it kind of used to be prior to the the 
Aquarian ray and the Piscean ray, we were almost all like half people running around. Uh, men, men were dominant mentally, physically. Women were relegated emotional and spiritual, the four lower bodies, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And so you had these people come together and you'd end up with one energy. But when we went into the Piscean ray, we went into, or went into the Aquarian ray, we went into a four-body process. Everybody's supposed to wake up on all four bodies. So we're going for synergy now. We're not looking for our missing half, which is the way a lot of people see a soulmate. When the soulmate comes along, I'll be a whole person. I'll be, I'll be happy, whole, and complete. No, that's not the way that works. If you weren't happy, whole, and complete before your soulmate, quote-unquote, showed up, you're unlikely to be that way after. So I, my understanding, what's being asked to me is, when is that perfect partner that is ordained for me to be with? Where is my beshert, you know? And, and so you it goes say, back to creating your reality. What was that? It goes, the whole thing goes back to creating your reality. What Lee just said is very significant and very critical. That if you weren't that way before you found them, you're not going to change. Well, there you have it. If it's when you transform yourself to transform the reality, that that's when the your soulmate will appear. People are waiting for something external to change themselves, but not realizing that the external is a reflection of you. So you change, and yeah, you'll have more than one soulmate. <laughs> and and we do, and and I, I agree with everything you said except the part about that's when your soulmate will come. Because a lot of times our soulmates come when we get off track. Um, I, I kid around with my partner because, and, and this is not always a cause for amusement other than within my own self. Um, the person that kiboshed our relationship many years ago, I'm pretty sure is one of my soulmates. You know, it's, it's not always, the, the soulmates are not always our um the ones that come along because we've come to know who we are, many times they come along because we've gotten off our course for whatever reason, and they, you know, usually through pain, get us shoved back onto our course. I think when you when you spoke of that, it was that's in the sense of the way people do ask me about soulmates. I think that the partners we draw to us is what you're talking about when we're in a a, a place where we feel like we're uh, we, we do call to us what feeds what we think of ourselves. And yes, there are times we can have someone that cherishes us, but when they're gone, if we're not cherishing ourselves, then we feel abandoned and uncherished. So if, if we feel like we're a, a worthy, cherished human being to start with, then whether the other person's there or not leaves us still feeling cherished. But it's always nice when someone comes along and mirrors that for us rather than mirroring for us our sense of not worthiness, that sort of stuff. Well, have you ever, I mean, okay, I, I'm understanding that you're, you're giving a different definition to the overall um, impact of somebody that would be your soulmate in right. that that person is actually there to help you in the way that you wanted to be helped was which was to be have uh you know 3D earth a, a very um productive learning experience now if you're just on the ride in 3D just taking a voyage and you know touristing through it 
and you're not into the, you know, no, I don't, I don't need to learn a lot. I just want to help out here, whatever. Um, do you think your soulmates at that point are really trying to do anything except have fun with you? I mean, I, I'm seeing you look at it at one way. I, I've got a lot of people that I consider soulmates. They're, they're from the same group. You know, somewhere, someplace, the group is having a pizza party. And yes, we go on these voyages together. But for the most part, I don't learn through pain. I learn through, through the, the, the interaction of people. You know, how, what do you think? Well, this is the way I think. Well, this is the way I see it. And the openness and, I don't see that you get that if you're not dealing with somebody who is pretty near a soulmate, you know, because too many people out there wouldn't even know where, what the crap you're talking about. But your soulmate will. And I know that when I'm talking to um, uh, a good number of my friends, because I've kind of whittled them down only to the people that I find <clears throat> nurture my own thinking, nurture my own development of, uh, let's say, philosophical kind of concepts you know you're into you're into the playing with with games in your heads instead of trying to deal with you know the diapers and the babies and the in the the rest of it the 3d stuff so do you see the potential that you do have different types of relationships with with your soulmates absolutely absolutely and and at the risk of getting all mushy i mean i do feel like you and i are part of a soul group and i suspect walton Colleen, I haven't got to know them well enough yet, but I, I feel like you and I are. And, um, and I don't think our job, I mean, if one or the other of us really needed a kick in the knee, I think the other would, would do that. But I, I think that again, it's, it's when we're off our path. It's when, when, um, our soulmates are there to help us accomplish. See, we were, we were speaking on this a little bit earlier. We have our soul self. And we have our lower S self. And our soul self has an agenda for us to be here. I don't really think, see, I think this is sort of the Super Bowl of the universe right now. This planet is going through major shifts and changes and evolution. And I don't think anybody's here just to cruise through. I mean, I loved when you said that and I thought, yeah, she's cruising through, sure. The Shungite and everything else and all the things that you and I, you yourself specifically have gotten involved in not necessarily a cruise you're just going through it a little differently than the agonizing that some folks do um people get caught up in what their little s self wants and they don't remember their soul mission it's that step in evolution within the self moving from the little self the one that popped out of the mama and immediately screamed for somebody to pick them up as opposed to the the higher self that's on this mission of its own so when we are getting off of our soul's mission that's when one of our soulmates will come in now also when we're on our soul's mission it's perfectly feasible for soulmates to come in and be a part of the mission because that was their point they were here to help you with accomplishing your soul's purpose for being here because I actually feel like the wolf spirit pack, the ones that are, you know, totally dedicated to wolf spirit radio and the, the hosts and the producers and the, the other chatters, that they're part of a group, 
whether it extends to, you know, being specific like a soul group or that many soul groups were given the same mission, you know, go down there and help the birthing of the new planet. <laughs> you know, that's your job. Figure out how to do it on the way. Because I don't remember anybody giving me an operator's manual or, you know, here, this is how you're going to do it. We just came together on our own paths and all of a sudden realized, hey, we're doing the same thing. And it is uh, that that sense, that essence of uh, feeling the community, feeling family, is expanding. Um, there, I think that a good part of the population right now is feeling a connectedness to all of humanity. Not, not. I mean, and the Wolf Spirit and other radio shows like this are extremely important for this kind of. Uh, of a concept to get going because it was like Colleen was talking about, you know, we have people listening all over the world. And that's a pretty big concept that people all over the world are getting the same message and being attracted to it. And as soon as you get attracted to it and you begin to think about it, you put it in the super consciousness or the collective consciousness, which is really the, the super subconscious of each human being. So it, it, it's, it's, there is something happening that's happening very fast. It's speeding up. And I just feel that I'm getting more and more connected to the people who I should be connected with. I think that's true. I think the resonance starts calling us together. And I, I agree that I think there are groups that they're, you know, the soul missions all line up. I think that the the bulk of folks are here to move this program forward now. Um, I, I've made the comment, I don't really think there truly are any young souls on this planet. Because I, I, said, I think pretty much everybody was picked to be a part of this process on one level or another. I wonder if it was a lottery. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I mean, according to everything that you hear out there, Lee... Um, you know, everybody in the universe wants to be here right now. Yeah, That's this is tired. the best game in, this is the best game in town. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard it's the Super Bowl of the universe. When I heard that in the 80s, it resonated as so much truth that not, if you're not here, you're watching. I can't imagine <laughs> what the commercials must cost. <laughs> Walt, what do you got to think about? Hmm? What do you think about it? You got about, about the whole thing. Have you been chatting again? I'm a. I've been chatting. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's about. One of the things okay. I, I totally agree with your point of view about the the pain thing. That pain agenda is so old reality, because uh, from the things that I've learned and the things that I witnessed, that pain business uh, mostly comes in when the the soul in the body is refusing to wake up and it's not paying attention to the promptings of the higher self. And I learned this from Eric and uh, from Dr. Costa is that the higher self can be ruthless. And if it, if it needs to make sure that you lose an arm or a leg, so you'll get the point of what it is that you're supposed to do, it will do it because it doesn't see the body as something critical to its existence. It's just a temporary vehicle. So if you align with what you're supposed to do and start waking up for your own good, 
then you don't need to go through you know endless trials and pains and all that stuff. So the, I'm I'm on Nancy's camp on that one. I I don't go with because Nancy is correct. You know, I'm a I'm a person. I've never had a a, a wonderful you know childhood with fluffy bunnies and, and <laughs> I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. So uh, I I didn't learn from pain specifically because. All I learned from pain is that I wanted to get out of here as fast as possible. I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't making any progress. I just wanted to get out, get the pain to stop. So it's useful, yes, but you know, up to a point on the person, depending on the person's personality. I, I think I might have been a little misunderstood. What I'm saying, learn from pain, is not uh, um, aligning with what you just said. I mean, I. Uh, what I'm watching over and over again is that people keep calling to them people that are going to help them get on course if they let them. But instead, they try to hold on to their old ways and they they don't take the growth step that's being offered. You know, they, they'll tell me about these amazing relationships and then all of a sudden it falls apart. And as we go further into it, it's because they kept on the old ways. This person came in to help them learn a new way of being, and many yeah, people. Yeah, they're not getting. They're, they're falling in love with the messenger, not with the message. They're they're missing the point. Most of the time, yes, because people. When we're in spirit, we're not separate. When we're in spirit, we're all connected. It's being separate we buy into when we come into Earth plane, third dimension, time, space, distance, aloneness. We buy into all of that. So that we can learn through those experiences. And so, you know, the, they say the first thing most babies do is yell for somebody to pick them up and hold them. And a lot of people keep yelling that their whole lives. As, as we raise our consciousness, we begin to see the connection in the collective as opposed to the, the separateness. And I say this for most people, the, the soulmates that they're drawing in it's going to be harsh. It's not going to be that soft place to land. Um, and is that necessarily the way, only way it can play? No. But it takes a step up in consciousness to recognize that, you know, even if you're not with that person, you're still connected. I mean, I, I'm going to be personal again, Nance, but Nance and I were, were able to spend time together many years ago. But our work on the planet requires us to be in different states. But I feel just as connected because on a soul level, we are. Whereas I know other people that would have gone through all kinds of pain, angst, and noise, you know, because what they wanted wasn't right in their fingertips. And I think, like I said, I think it takes a step in consciousness um, in order to be willing to know that connections maintain without that third dimensional moment. Well, yeah, there's some people that you pick up the phone, you haven't talked to them in months and months, and it was like you just hung up. And then there's other people that you just hung up, but you're going like, oh, God, I don't even know who this person is. You know, there, there's, there's ways of looking at life, and I just, I, what, what I'm, what I'm interested in, Lee, is I find it interesting that you, 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 your job is to be a, a psychic to answer questions that are coming to you from a, you know, a, let's say, uh, extraordinary 
uh, source. And so the people that are calling you, they must believe that you have access to that extra source. But are they not getting the picture that they also can do this? I mean, where, where, where are these people that a typical caller, and maybe there is no typical caller, but somebody that, that would get to the point of saying, gee, I think I'll talk to a psychic, would seem to me to be somebody that would be higher awakened, but maybe not. What, what, where are you finding these people? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that sounded. Yeah. <laughs> well, I find them at the end of a ringing telephone. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, um, and, and I'm sure folks have all seen the commercials and the internet ads and things like that. The people themselves run the gamut. Um, some people are looking for Santa Claus. They just want you to tell them that everything's going to be okay. Um, they want to tell you, they want you to tell them that they're going to get that job. They're going to find that perfect person that, um, everything's going to be fine and easy in their life. Some people are desperately looking for solutions to, well, it's always honey and money, money and honey. <coughs> the reason that we chose to start this from the reader's standpoint, the ones I talked to back in the beginning, was because people were waking up and didn't have anywhere to turn. Um, as I said, most people were making jokes about the psychic lines as soon as they went on the air. And, um, but what we were aware of, those of us that were in the metaphysical community, I was teaching metaphysics at the time and that sort of thing. And what we were aware of is that people were waking up and didn't, couldn't, they couldn't go to their friends and say, I'm hearing voices, I'm seeing things, um, I'm getting stuff, I know who's on the other end of the phone before it rings or whatever. And so we wanted to be that place they could turn to and say, am I nuts and what do I do with this? You know, um, and I do still get those callers and I get people that are genuinely looking to understand situations. Those are the ones I live for. I live for the people that, you know, want to learn how to use their gifts or the ones that want to, um, uh, that need to learn how to shield to protect themselves from their empathic abilities. Um, the ones that are really looking to understand the situation rather than, you know, is my baby daddy coming back to me? You know, um, there's, I've, I've spoken with everybody from welfare mothers to uh, the heads of hospitals to movie stars to, you know, the kid next door. Um, and they said, I, I, I live for the calls where they're really genuinely looking for information rather than just wanting to um, have somebody tell them what they want to hear. That's one of the reasons I like the numerology so much as my backup tool because it helps people understand what they're, what they come, what strengths they come in with, where their weaknesses might lie that they might need to work with to get what they're wanting. Um, basically what their soul came here to do so they can get themselves lined up a little bit better and hopefully get more of what's going to feed them. Um, to say the the callers run the gamut, and uh, it it really 
one call is going to be different from the next. The questions are almost always going to be the same. I love the callers that start out, I've got a question for you. I'm thinking that's pretty much the reason why people call here. And then they'll say, <laughs> you know, either honey or money. They'll say it's a relationship. And I'll, you know, just wow them and say, and now what do you want to know about your finances, you know? But it's honey and money, money and honey for 90% of us. On a bad day, we say, when do I get paid and when do I get laid? That's that's the bulk of the calls. Um, do these people think there's more? They hope they are. You know, it's the same reason a lot of them go to church. A lot of folks go to church just hoping that there's some governing wisdom here that, you know, they can they can line up with. Um I don't know, Sylvia Brown, everybody kind of thinks you have this magic ball since Sylvia was on um, Montel. I so said, you're going to meet him on Thursday or whatever. Uh, my gifts don't work quite that way. I'm sure there are people who do. Uh, when when Brenda first asked me to come down to South Florida to start up the telepsychic line, uh, what she was looking for was someone who could communicate with people and who could counsel because a lot of these people are sort of in crisis mode and the I would say a good 70% of my callers are in major transitions they're literally on the bridges between the layers and everything's gone to hell in a handbasket and they just want to know why does that answer it mostly yeah yeah um well you got any questions uh, no, she's talking about a couple stuff, and that's outside my reality, so I don't have any questions. <laughs> you know, that doesn't well, exist for me. I, I came from another reality. So, one of the things I I try to um, really share with people, and this is something I feel like you do, is that one of the most important things, and we touched on it earlier, is is coming to know who you are and what you're capable of, and and kind of get on with what you're here to do and and let that other stuff be for a while uh, the the most the stress and strain come from people that really ought to be focused in on their own program but they're still so busy looking for that escape outside of themselves usually in the form of another person yeah i like to tell people you know if you're not right nobody around you's right the most important person in your life is yourself Get yourself straight. Everything else will fall into order. And um, the reason I think I say that is because that's what, you know, my life has taught me. The people that, that really understood themselves, enjoyed themselves, talked to themselves. I mean, one of the one of the one of the awfulest things you can tell a child is don't talk to yourself. You know, people think you're crazy. Well, yeah, in this environment. Normal is something I don't want to be. I want to be crazy because to be normal is to be insane to me. So, yeah, I, I think you have to talk to yourself. You have to ask yourself, why am I doing something? You know, um, uh, one of the most important lessons that you can ever teach a child is to know why they do something. You know, do whatever you want to do, but have some good reasons for it, because the only person that is ever going to know that information is you. And if you're doing things and you don't know why you're not, why you're doing them, well, you're in trouble. So if you can instill in the child that, um, there's, you're going to have decisions every single day, 
all through the day. Just make sure that you're not reacting and that you're responding. You're looking at it. You know why you did something. Because if that's the way you're going to learn. You know, if you don't have any reason for doing it, then what was the lesson? Um, I absolutely believe that everybody that is is alive on the planet is in the process of awakening. <clears throat> I think it's amazing that you have had this very peculiar life where you were able to have your finger on the, the pulse of, yeah, it's honey and money, but the way that they they are approaching that questioning. Has it gotten, I mean, are you seeing that people are, are more in tune with listening to what you're saying? Is there been any change since you started it? Can you see uh, certain, uh, let's say, alterations in, in the feel of the people? Because you, you are an empath, you do feel the energies. Are you seeing a change in the people that are calling you? I believe so. Um, I believe so. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that a lot of the lines have started doing is what's called a tier system and where they have different rates for different psychics. And as you can tell, I'm a little bit abrupt sometimes and I do tend to be a pretty straight shooter. And there is a point where I get frustrated with folks when I feel like they're just not going to hear me. Um, so I will never be the world's greatest phone psychic. I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not as good at just chatting people up when I'm thinking about the, the clock ticking on them. I try to give them as much as I can as quick as I can. So I actually am one of the more affordable psychics out there on the lines. And I say that tongue in cheek, you know, when somebody's paying four bucks a minute to talk to you, I feel like you need to give them four dollars worth a minute, you know? Um, the, so when you, you get into the higher tiers, you get into the areas where people have the money and the leisure to explore more mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, who have had more access, um, who have had less um, struggle, perhaps, in, in just surviving. A lot of the folks that call me are, are it, it is a... Um, it is an it is a uh, I, I can't find the right word, but you know that they they may sometimes only be three or four minutes, five minutes, and want the full reading on everything that's going on. Um, so they they don't really understand what goes into doing this type of work and doing it well and giving answers that are more um, complete. I do have some callers that are awake and aware that I adore. Um, I, I always want to give my best to all of them. And I, I feel badly when they, they don't have the understanding of what this actually is about. You know, they, they've been misled. A lot of folks have been misled to think that there's a, a magic book where we just flip to their name and the answer to their question is waiting for them. Um, I do think there's been a change. I think there are more people that are awake. I think there are a lot of people that think they're awake that, you know, use all the language but don't have the core understanding of it. Um, they're, they sort of come in in the middle of the game and don't have the groundwork. And I understand that 
uh, Colleen's daughter, uh, Dolly's daughter, is going to be putting together a show uh, uh, addressing that uh, for folks, helping them to have the groundwork. Uh, I've got a poster by my door that says, you built your castle in the air, now put the foundation under it. And that's where I'm finding quite a few people now. They've caught a hold of this um, this theory of the day or that theory of the day, and they don't have a way to plug it all together. So they're wondering why the secret's not working for them or their manifesting isn't happening or, you know, so I do get quite a few of those callers too. So I think there has been a change. I think there has been some awakening. Uh, there's definitely a different tone um, in the overall collect collectiveness. I mean, I don't just do the line. I do classes and work with private clients. And there is a bit more sophistication with some of it. Um, but again, I, I am finding quite a bit that there's no foundation. So there's no way for them to put all these different things together. They'll run from one, one, one tool or philosophy to the next, to the next, to the next. And I'll get more of those calls than I, I once did. There's still the same basic distrust, though. They still, most callers, especially the first or second time they've called any of the lines, you know, it's it's test the psychic time. They don't want to tell you anything, but they still want you to give them their life story in two minutes or less. So there's still that lack of sophistication. You know, once you've invested that money, you know, go ahead and believe till you don't believe, as opposed to don't believe till you believe. That's interesting. Wow. Um... Okay, then um, let me let me ask Walter again. Does he want to say anything, Colleen? Do you have any questions for Lee? Are there any questions in the chat? Um, not at the moment. Um, we're catching on things like honey and you know <laughs> <laughs> keywords for the most part. Is Lee going to be reading people today? That was cool. A lot of people got a lot of use out of that. Oh, yeah. People loved that. I don't know. Ask her. I am <clears throat> I am willing to do whatever y'all would like me to do. Yeah, we'll pay you $0 a minute. Within reason. Um, <laughs> of, course. of course. You know, Lee, I, I, can, can I ask you some questions? I just want to um, sort of get behind the, the, the story behind the story. Because I've known you for, you know, decades now, and yet there's questions that I can ask you that I really don't know. Like, I don't know where it was that you began your voyage into, let's say, metaphysics. I know that you were initially um, within the Christian community, but what, what, was the, what was the turning point? I mean, can you give me a background in just how you sort of got to where you got where you got? Um, I, I was, I was raised by a Baltimore city cop <clears throat> and I was raised by my dear mother who I called the Virgin Dolores. Um, my parents were very good people, but, um, uh, being, uh, my, my father was a bit harsh and my mother was a bit soft and I was an empath and I loved going to church when I was younger because I felt very connected to spirit. 
And my father, it annoyed no end. Mother, of course, dressed me up and took me. Um, when I was little, I had a bad habit of accusing the preacher of lying because he wasn't telling the whole story. And as I got older, I got disabused of that behavior and told that I'll give you something to cry about. Um, so as a child, as with most uh, my generation, people that have various gifts, um, it kind of got sat on pretty solid. And uh, uh, like much like Walt, the discomfort of being in third dimension was very difficult, uh, especially as I became a teenager and woke up more and more and spent most of my time trying to block all of this stuff, block picking up other people's energies, block the what I considered the lies that were being told to people to keep them in line with this with their spiritual growth and their um I mean I it just made me mad that the church just worked so hard to disconnect people from God. And um I spent a lot of time down at the church sort of battling I, one of my nicknames as a teenager was Crusader Rabbit because I would I would take on the cause. I was the one cleaning the creeks. I was I was teaching Sunday school. I was the president of the youth group, and we were having for the first time ever we were having retreats about abortion, euthanasia, and suicide, and just all sorts of topics that to help people wake up to to a bigger picture and. Um, and not surprisingly, the minute I could, I got the heck out of Dodge and really tried to be in third dimension. But uh, at one point, I, I tell this story, one of my soulmates was a horse named Ashley. While out riding one day, and I'd been riding all of my life and never been thrown, out riding one day, the horse reared up and uh, dropped me, got back up on the horse and went around the corner and he dropped me again. But that time he fell on top of me. And um, I had the opportunity to lay very still for a very long time. Uh, I'd always felt connected to spirit as a child. My mother used to say I had a direct line to God. When she wanted something to happen, she'd ask me to, you know, add it in my prayers. Um, uh, I will admit, you know, prior to Ashley falling on me, I was uh, kind of drinking and drugging and partying a lot while I ran a big printing company and made lots of money. And after the horse fell on me, I had time to really figure out that I was not happy and that I needed to kind of find out what I was wishing in myself. And um, I returned back to Atlanta at that time and started to seriously study some things that had just been a part of who I was. I always kind of knew what people were thinking and saying, even though I'd squished it and had it kind of offered to be beaten out of me. Um, and I started studying with a variety of teachers and uh, paying attention to what I was getting again. Now, I've never, personally, I never have thought of myself as a psychic. I've always considered myself intuitive I always have been empathic, and I'm pretty damn smart about things. I pay attention, like Michael says in the movie Michael. I pay attention, and that's been, you know, the, the psychic line has not been a big pain gig. It's been one hell of an education. And so I look around me to find out what um, what makes people tick, what 
A, A will follow B most of the time. So uh, when I, I was asked to come down, it was to help, um, first off, to work with the psychics themselves and to help them with um, the calls and make sure things went move, smoothly. And two, um, I, I didn't really think I'd be picking up the phone, but that happened. And my early teachers were more along the lines of for healing. Um, you know, when we first met, I'd been doing a lot of healing work. And part of coming down there was to get away because I'd become a big aspirin for people. And it, it just got old. Um, my early teachers were Louise Hay. Dr. Byron Gentry, Shakti Gawain, um, or Brenda Brock. Uh, and so I'd grown up in and out of, of hospital, of well, doctor's offices and, and, and all sorts of things because of physical problems, which I'm pretty sure were partly caused by my being completely in distress, being in third dimension. I tried to leave almost as soon as I got here. Um, they had to give me some uh, medication as a young child that affected my whole life and uh, so I came in with you know twisted spine and all sorts of issues that you know uh, so I came at it more towards healing body spirit and 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 mind and um, and I said the the I, I didn't really want to go be a psychic <clears throat> just because I got stuff but when you're doing it day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, it gets honed. So I don't get necessarily with that sort of my myself. I say I consider myself a metaphysician in general practice. I, if I don't know how to do it, I can find you somebody who can. Uh, I can start you in directions and paths. I can help you understand what's going on. So once once we understand, we can revision our lives. That's where I see myself. The other stuff is, to me, the it, you do it anyway, you know. Um, so I said, you first asked me when we were first together, when I did the healing work, you watched to see where the energy went to, and you saw all these little beings around me that gathered it up. And that's kind of been my life. There's, there, I've always had a healing gift. I've always run energy out my hands, out my body, out my heart. Um, the psychic stuff is just a byblow of that for me because I think people need information and they need nurturing. And so that's what I try to present when I, when I do this work. I try to offer them ideas and information and also to be sharing the energy. Um, Dr. Gentry taught us very early on how to project energy. He was one of the best chiropractors I ever met and he used to adjust me from Oklahoma City to Atlanta just by sending the energy and so that's when I learned to do that sort of work so say the, the psychic line is it was an opportunity for me to do what I do in my classes which is tell people you impact your reality everything you say do every decision you make affects what happens in your lives and so I've had you know close to 90,000 opportunities to do that thanks to the psychic lines I'm not sure what venue I could have found on my own or I could have done that now you your the, your website is energyweaver.com. What what do you, can you explain energy weaving? Years and years ago, my guides in meditation asked 
me to do something that what they showed me in my head made me think of a time when I used to weave baskets. And I weave, you know, you and I used to weave dream catchers. And, uh, you know, I've always done some hands, you know, the, the weaving work. And what they showed me in the image was of weaving around the planet. And in my mind's eye, it became an energy weaving. And it, it turns out that it was a, a guided meditation. Uh, it's a channeled meditation. And I'm, I do channel energy. I do channel information. And this meditation, I'm, I'm a conscious channel though. I mean, this is my body. I'm not about to just turn it over and walk away. So I have, they present images in my mind's eye during this meditation. And I present the images to the group. And then I pick up impressions from the people in the group. And the meditations were, were designed and are designed to present healing, loving energy about the planet. And many times there'll be sort of specific areas that are planted for me to encourage the group to focus on because there really is truth to, you know, what that wonderful teacher Jesus said to us whenever two or more are gathered. So the energy weavings were designed for group meditations. And for about 10 years, I guess, I, um, every three weeks or so, would do an energy weaving. And so some folks started calling me the energy weaver. And so when I was looking for a name for the site, I decided that was probably my best bet. Um, my previous site had been called Greater Things because of that promise that was made to us, greater things than these, that we're all capable of greater things. But uh, this this is Energy Weaver. And um, I have been asked, it's interesting you bring that up, because I've been asked several times lately if I would begin to do them again. Um, I learned several years ago that it was not actually my guides that had made the request of me, that there were actually light beings that were planting that seed in people all over the planet to do these energy meditations uh, for the planet. And, and now, what time, what time frame would that have been? Uh, somewhere around 2000. It was while I had winds. So to, between 2000 and 2003 was sometime during that that I came to understand that, you know, it was not my guides making the request. It was coming from a larger body. That's a, that's the time frame for my for my listeners out there. Um, when I made the um, the leap from the old timeline to this screwed up timeline, uh, it's the same time same same time frame. It was an awakening by people who were on a timeline that would have gone to ascension without any drama. And we were given the opportunity, whether like in my case in a knowing way or in Lee's case in maybe a more subtle way, to opt to help everybody, you know, to go back and try to fix it so that everybody gets off of this this awfulness into this new reality. And I just wanted to, you know, point that out to the people that, Listen to me. <laughs> it's always um, been a, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it, it's always been clear to me from the very beginning of my being aware on the planet that if we don't all get there, we don't none of us get there. And so that's been a big part of my work all along. 
um, there was quite a shift here. I, I, I have to concur. There was quite a shift in that window of time uh, around 2000 that um, took everything into a much broader perspective. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it was just, it was, it was really a very stunning, um, change. Uh, I mean, from one minute to the next, you know, it's like, okay, you know, and the marker on it is that, you know, well, first off, uh, Bush became president. <laughs> you know, he had just been, he had just been elected. And he took the oath in January of, uh, 2000, 2000, yeah. And so it's like everything turned around in, in very quickly. And it's only in the last, well, basically since I wrote, wrote Cosmic Reality that I've can see the, the, the pattern and the changes. And it's like the other, the other timeline was right, really nice, but it wasn't very interesting. <laughs> this timeline is full of drama and, and, uh, extinction potential every time you turn around and, uh, people learning how to become, unleash their psychic capabilities that, uh, you know, are not abnormal. They're normal. It's just that they've been hidden from us. We don't know how to do it. It's sort of like, you know, well, you know how to ride a bike, and you do know how to ride, ride a bike. You know when you get to that bike, when they, when all of a sudden you're on that bike and you're riding that bike, you know how to ride that bike. It's it's like yes, you knew it be, beforehand. It's the same kind of sensation, and um, you know I, we just are on a very very interesting um, timeline. That the requirement of it is that everybody everybody comes with. We're not going to leave anybody. We're not going to send them off to some prison camp planet or whatever. You know, we're all in this together. And even the ones that are doing what we consider evil, they're doing it and we don't have to. <laughs> and um, I don't know why they would volunteer for something like that. But because um, they, it, I think that's what became is getting clear to me is the experience. It, it's not just the people coming together. It's the experiences coming together and, you know, creating this this amazing storyline after storyline going here and there. It's just like, yep, if you're not here and playing in the game, by gosh, I hope you're watching it. We're at the top of the hour, and so maybe we'll take a, a five-minute break here. Um, Colleen, we've got something from Walt, I'm assuming. Yes, it's called Leaves of the Great Tree Lake by... Andreas Wollenweeder, Wollenweeder. If people are wanting to do um, me to do some numbers for them, uh, ask them to go ahead and put them in like they did last time. And uh, if we can, um, if there if there are any relationship ones, I can kind of give people a feel for what the other person's there for. So you mean that if they've got a relationship, they'd also have to tell them what they need to know. It's, oh, their, birth, birth it's their birth dates. Birth date and a name to hang it on. Birth okay. name's fine. Okay, so it's only the birth dates, but you need to have the birth date of your significant other. Yeah. Okay. All righty. We'll be back. We are back. 
Well, that was really a nice piece of music. Yes, it was. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I actually talked to uh, Renata today, and she is doing so well. Um, you know, I, I talked to two different people today. Both of them, what I consider rainbow warriors or light workers, or and the magic that came into their lives in, during the same time frame. I mean, uh, you know, those, you people out there that are still, you know, rainbow warriors but still not where you think you need to be hold on just keep working on it because once the magic starts it starts to become expected it doesn't surprise you you expect it because magic is only the manipulation of energy and you know the concept of energy weaving is what uh, Lee basically taught me when I first met her and it just set the stage for my understanding so much about so many diverse subjects because it's all energy. Now, um, before the break, we were actually asked by K-Girl, she wondered the uh, percentage of the group that is not into the concept of honey or money. How many, how many, you know, percentage-wise? Lee? Calls to me. Say again? Uh, the calls they come into me? Yeah. You say uh, that most of them are honey or money, but how, what, what percentage of them are honey or money? The percentage, it, the percentage of the calls that come in that are honey or money is probably 85 to 90%. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, we've got a bunch of numbers here. Have you been looking at them already, or do you want me to just give them to you and you can figure them? Um, I've got some of, I caught some of them. The first person that jumped right out, I think they asked me about somebody named Richard, but I, the, the thing left, I had, I'm looking at it on a tablet and I can't get back up. Okay, if you, can you see the messages on Skype on the right side? If you push the little thing that looks like, uh, you know, the, the words in a comic. The bubble, dialogue bubble. Yeah, the bubble thing on the right side of the screen. Right to the right of the bar that tells you how good the signal is. Got it. Okay, if you click on that. All right, you said should see a bunch of messages on the on the right I, side. I do. I do. So wow. those okay. Okay. That's how we're getting it. working her little fingers to the nubbins. <laughs> it's called cut and paste. <laughs> <laughs> or copy um, paste. So Yvonne, I, I I kind of confused folks when I asked this um, because I didn't explain that I would like to have the numbers for both people. But um, with uh, I'm assuming that this 921. Oh, that's K girl. I've had someone else. Um, Yvonne, I'm going to make an assumption that this is actually your numbers. Uh, your birth date rather than someone in your life. Um, uh, this energy pattern is about power, personal power, coming into dominion, learning about uh, how to make things into successful things, finding success in your own terms, um, but through a creative means. There's there's playful, creative energy there. The three and the five are about exploration, creativity, 
uh, the challenge for this energy is not getting bored before you actually create the successes. Um, it's one of the last lessons we do on this planet. So in that sense, it's indicative of relatively old soul. Um, as I said, there are no really young souls on this planet right now. So I, I use the term old and young soul loosely. Um, okay, girl, and you say it's Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Um, once again, very, very old soul. And if this is your birth date as opposed to a significant other, um, uh, this, this is a Christed soul. This is someone who is here to learn to give from the very center of who they are. Um, they're the people that if, you know, they'll give you your, their, your shirt, their, their jacket, they'll take their shoes off for you if needs be. The challenge, though, is, is to not become a martyr. Uh, the challenge is to remember that climbing on the cross has already been done, that that's not being asked of you. Um, uh, it's definitely someone that looks at the bigger picture uh, community more than self. Um, challenge with this, and this is one of the things I, I work with people a good bit, is when you get into these frequencies, you tend to have a good bit of empathic ability. And empaths, um, we're like kitchen sponges. We pick up everybody's crap all the time. And most people are not happy campers. I mean, I hope you surround yourself with people that make a liar out of me. But um, not only do you pick up energy off of the people around you, but you do pick up on the collective unconscious. And you pick up on pretty much everything. So like a sponge, you got to squeeze it out sometimes and rinse it out and get get away from the noise. Um uh, yeah, I saw Anaka, I saw that you gave me the number that this is someone who is a significant person in your life, and that is someone that is um, carries a lot of the same traits as K-Girl, uh, that family and friends, but on a more grounded level, to someone that is um, community, but community in the sense of local community. Um, family would be very important. I will say that in this patterning, there's kind of stubborn on three out of three layers, so I think you've got your hands full. Um, I don't think we did your numbers last week, so I'm hoping you can hold your own there. Um, I didn't see Sonny. Yes, Sonny gave me the date 3188, and again, I'm, I'm actually basing this assumption that this is y'all's numbers as opposed to significant others. Um, and with Sonny, I love the name Sunny, but I put a U in front of it because the the energy that you carry there that you're using in the moment or have been using is is the three, which is to me the color of the new day. Um, usually these are these are people that are a lot of fun to be with. Uh, it's the explorer in the true sense, uh, playfulness, that sort of thing. Um, I will say a lot of the threes that I see, especially ones that are awake are more likely to be 33 sixes, um, which is that Christed soul I was just talking about. Many of you come in on these lesser energies just to get into the game. I, I think we touched on that a bit the last time I was here. Do you recall, Nancy, I talked about the change children? Well, we've got other uh, people who weren't here last time, so go over it again, please. Well, one of the things I've been seeing, I... I equate energies in my head to colors and patterns, and um, they, I'll do the numbers a lot of times on people, 
and I'll know that, you know, the number's only accurate to a certain point. And I've developed a theory in my head that much like a, a little league team um, that only has 11 uniforms and 40 kids come to sign up, they pick the best 11 kids and cram them into any uniform they can fit. When we come onto the planet, there is a specific frequency to the planet. And we have to match into that frequency. Uh, but since we are growing by leaps and bounds and the frequency is is doing the same thing, a lot of folks came in in uniforms that weren't the correct size. So I, like I say, I'll see a lot of 33 sixes that come in as threes, but in the course of their lives, they go through experiences or, or learnings that cause them to step into who they are. And um, so it's like it's like the kids playing the game and splitting their uniforms, running around naked for a while and then getting new uniforms. And that's the way a lot of times these changed children feel. They feel like as when they're younger, they feel like they're they're um, they're going to bust or they feel like they they just don't fit. And as they get older, they they step into who they are. And it comes sometimes through education. Sometimes it just comes through. Uh, situations like horses falling on you and things like that, things that really, you know, push you to to break out of your thing. And at that point, your rays of your frequency will usually be mirrored by the universe's increase. I, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, to be real honest. I mean, it, 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 those situations may come about because it's your time to grow into you, or it may come about because the universe needs your frequency to be where it needs to be. Um, and I say in this case, I suspect that Sonny is one of those folks. Um, whether you've stepped into who you are yet, I'm not sure, uh, just from looking at the numbers. Now, those were the ones I saw real quick. Was there anyone? Yvonne, Onaka, Sonny. Oh, yeah, there's some more. Um, I don't think you did Onaka. Anaka gave me um, Winifred, and I was saying that that's someone who can be stubborn on three out of three layers. Um, Anaka, uh, Winifred is is someone who does not want to be alone, definitely partnering energy. I'd say hardworking, stubborn, grounded, but yet looks at the bigger picture. Uh, she worries more about uh, community and family than some might. Those are the folks a lot of times you'll find on, like, the PTA or the neighborhood community or the neighborhood watch, um, those sort of folks. I mean, it's it, these these are also not sounding mean, but these are the should people. These are no, folks. no. He get, he gave you his too. Onaka gave his his um his numbers. Did you right. get them? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it now. Okay, now. When you've got the two numbers, can you get a feeling about how compatible they are? Or don't yes. you get into that? Yes. Um, well, I don't know that I'll get into it on, on the radio, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Onaka is definitely someone that, uh, you know, I talked last week about what I call my alien puppy friends. Um, I don't think Onaka is really from here. I think he's from somewhere else on the planet. Um, uh, Lee, can you hold a second? Yes. I'm looking at the chat, and I'm looking at the chat in Skype, and the birthday for Anaka are two totally different numbers. In the Skype chat, it appears as 
1110.78, but yet if you go to the Wolf Spirit Radio chat, it's November 10, 1948. They said 1110. So uh, I don't think the one in the Skype chat is accurate. It's the correct number. 1948. 1110, 1948. Yeah, that's the correct date. Okay, thank you. I don't you. know whether, how that, the text got mixed up, I guess. Uh, the, the number, it's, the seven should be a four. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe, maybe you should read out the numbers just to make sure that there wasn't, because Colleen had to transcribe the numbers out of chat. Fast. Yeah, pretty fast. Well, I, I'm really grateful for that, Walt, because I was biting my tongue really hard. Um, <laughs> that That was a truly beyond challenged match there. And when Nancy said, would you talk about it? I'm like, I'm going to do it on this one, you know. <laughs> 78 and 52, you mean? Well, no, it was it was a one and a six. And ones are real big on being who they are and, and experiencing things. And, and that's why they're here. They're here to do it their own way. And sixes are really big on, on things being the way they see them. And they, they're, like I said, they're the should people a lot of times. They get real caught up in the way they, they want things to be better and they get caught up in that and that that those two energies don't really do very well together. Um, ones may be drawn to sixes for security and sixes may be drawn to ones because they they need a stronger sense of self. But for a long haul relationship I'd have had a hard time saying enough nice things to fill up <laughs> minutes. Um, but in this case we're better. Um and it, 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 if we've got this number correct now, um, there is there's definitely hope and potential here. Um, Onaka has, has um, a good bit of empathic gift, uh, carries a lot of the playful energy, uh, spends way too much time in his head, I think. And both of them have the desire for partnering in relationships. Um, I, I think that it, willing to be wrong here, but looking at these, these just the numbers, I think that um, they help they help ground and lift each other at the same time. So I think there's a good bit of potential in this one here. But yeah, when I have both numbers, I can I can usually draw some surmises um, about well wh- whether this thing is going to fly or not fly, etc. etc. Um, now I've got. Paul, Paul something. Um, Pal, Pal, eight twenty one eighty one. Yeah, but it's pronounced with a V. Pavel. Pavel. That's yeah, it's it's, it's a Polish Pavel. <laughs> I got eight twenty one eighty one, <laughs> and and then I got Andrew. 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 Okay, Andrew at ten sixteen eighty four. Is that lining up with you, Walt? Uh, I'm I'm looking for Pavel and uh, hold on, wait, 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 where did he end up? I have to scroll through this to see. Here we go. Uh, yeah, he put eight two nineteen nineteen eighty one for himself and. 
10 16 1984 for Andrew. That so was 8-2 or 8-2-1? 8-2, uh, August the 2nd, 1981. Okay, that's another bad one. Okay. That's Pavel. And Andrew is uh, October, uh, month 10, 16, 1984. Correct. Uh, with Pablo, we have a very, very old soul. We're back to the master souls again. This is a master student teacher. Again, strong empathic energies when you get into the master lifetimes. Um, uh, these are folks that are here basically to help bring about the changes, um, but on a one-to-one -one level most of the time. Uh, definitely a partnering energy. Uh, not someone that is at their best alone. But because of the strong empathic gift, there is a necessity for spending time alone. Um, Andrew Andrew's still presenting as a young soul. Um, lots of yellows and oranges. So my thought is that this is someone to help bring a little bit of fun to Havel and to help lighten up the energy. Now again, as I said, no young souls on the planet. So at some point um, it's likely that a wake up will occur. Uh, one of my things that I have seen over and over again though that many times master student teachers are drawn to people that are drawn to them as teachers. And so many times they will um, give their heart while they're helping the person grow. The sad truth is many times the person they're helping to grow has to go away from them so they can really step into who they are before they're really able to be partners to the master's student teacher. So pluses and minuses for the long haul. Um, I don't want to do any prognosticating. Please don't take these as predictions, just as information because there's a whole lot more that goes into it than me trying to just quick do the numbers. Um, and, so and nobody should blame you, everything goes south? Okay, that's good, too. They're welcome, <laughs> they're welcome to blame me. They have to find me to do anything about it, though. <laughs> um, one of the things that I have seen over and over again, I said we, we usually draw to us the people that are going to, um, bring about what we need to experience. I am an absolute believer in the reason, season, or lifetime situation. Um, not everyone that we are drawn to and that's drawn to us is meant to be our forever person. Um, the downside of that is most people, when they're drawn to someone, immediately start doing the, you know, is this going to be forever? Um, and well, that's the trick of the mind. That's the thing that we learn in human design. Because you know this from <clears throat> from other other teachers and from your own experience. The mind hates to be in the now because it's either depressed about the past or terrified about the future. It never likes to be in the now because in the now it goes away. 
And that's, that's one of those trap programs that the system puts in us is that instead of enjoying what you have right there in front of you, whether it's going to last five minutes or five decades, no, you start projecting and, and this and that. I mean, I mean, you see it happen. So I've seen it. I see it happen so many times, but by not being in relationships, I get to witness them <laughs> like someone visiting a museum and just watching the pictures. And I, and I see it all the time. Men and women do it instead of enjoying that relationship, whatever it is that they're doing in this moment of now, they're already putting it somewhere in the future. And we're going to get this house and we have going to have these many children and we're going to do this and, and you're going to have it and you're going to be doing this job and I'm going to be doing this other. I mean, come on, you're not there. That doesn't even exist. That whatever future you're going to have is going to be built, built on whatever you're doing in this moment of now. That's going to be the future, not whatever the mind hypnotizes you into believing. And I see that being an, an observer on the outside, I see that as the number one cause of failure in so many relationships. They're not enjoying the present moment. In their minds, they're living some other fictitious relationship. It's just so happened that the character in that relationship is the person that's next to you. And you can't do that. The person next to you is not a a, a puppet that you can put their, your hand in them and make them act and say in you know, a certain way, that's impossible. But the mind is doing it anyway. It's going up there and <laughs> creating this fake possible future that will never come to pass. I am so grateful to you for one of the things you just said, and you have just touched on one of the things that I have such a hard time getting people to look at because on top of the future not being the image you hold, but what you're living right now, I did not, that piece you just gave about the mind locks that, because in financial layers and in self layers, we're not supposed to be giving our time and energy to a relationship. We're supposed to be using it for ourselves and letting the relationship be the icing, not the cake. But people have such a hard time when I say the rule is stay in the moment, if it's fun, hang out. If it's not, go home. Don't project your future right now. And I didn't completely understand because I'm mostly able to do that. And I didn't understand why like, it, immediately all the guards and the shields go up when I say that to callers. I mean, immediately <laughs> they just get frustrated and and they, well, I don't even want to bother if it's not going to be the forever. I don't even want to go and do it. I don't even... You know, well, you got to live today, today, and today will make your tomorrow, which is why that crystal ball thing, while they think we have this, is do you see if I'm going to get this job? Well, are you going to go apply? <laughs> people tell me they want to be a writer, and I say, well, are you writing now? You know, it, it, and well, no, I don't have a computer. Why do I? Do you have a pencil and a piece of paper? <laughs> What we do in each moment makes our next moment come into being. Today I invested with Comcast for no good cause. That means my tomorrow is nuts. You know, every decision we make, every thought we think, every word we speak. And again, I'm preaching to myself too. Nancy will know we remind each other this. She does it to me far more often than I think she should since I started bugging her about it 20 years ago. But it's true. We, we, we need to focus in this moment and 
And that's going to bring about the next part. If you're going to keep calling and bugging him, wanting him to be who you want him to be, he's going to keep fighting you to be who he is. So thank you, Walt, for giving me the, the thing where I can say, I know your I'm mind sure is going to have a problem with this. <laughs> I'm sure the other, the other, besides that one, the other challenge is when you come across the, uh, the uh, robot makers, where the, the person wants to mold the partner into like, like God creating man in his image. They want to mold the partner in their image. And then they say, you're not the person I fell in love with. Well, no, you changed me. <laughs> I think that's part, but the other part of that is the caller who says, I've invested so much time and I know he can, he can, he can become this or that. And, and, and you know, you know, I've invested. No, he's going to be who he is. Yeah, relationship as a bank. Good, good one. <laughs> right. And, you know, back back when um, I was back and forth to Florida a lot in the early days of the psychic lines, I had a caller that called me for several years. And she initially had been in this relationship for several years. And she was wanting to be a nurse. And she would, I, I, I told her, I said, you're going to have to make a stand for that because every time you want to go to to school, Her boyfriend would disappear and she'd have to look after the kids or he would, he would, um, something would happen. He was, he was in the way of it. And, and she said, but I've been with him for five years. But, and then the next year she'd call me and it'd be the same story. Am I ever going to finish nursing school? And all along the way, I'm saying, you've got to get out of this relationship. And it was a good four years later when she called me and said, well, I got out of the relationship and I finally finished school, you know? Um, we don't see, we get so caught up. She said, but I've been with him five years, but I've been with him six years. But, you know, yeah, how many more years do you want to be with him before you can actually move ahead with your life? You know? So Yeah, that, yeah. Con that concept of creating relationships as a bank account, investment and all that stuff, I, I don't know who created that program, but that's an insidious piece of damaging software that they put in people's minds because it, it's just It creates a toxic relationship. My my own cousin, I mean, he spent 13 years in a relationship with a woman and uh, she made his life miserable. I mean, she must have, I have no idea how much money. I, I, I think he ended up spending, living sometime in, the, in his parents' house because he literally had to pay her for everything to get rid of her. Because he... Uh, he um, They bought a, a car together, and it, it, it was, you know, a big, gigantic mess. Because that was, that was her argument nonstop. Oh, I've already invested 13 years in this relationship. If you think I'm going to walk away empty-handed, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same situation is true. And sometimes what I have to say to callers around a job or a relationship is how bad does it have to get, you know? And, and how many years do you want to invest before you're willing to? And, and there again, you go that I, I'm glad you brought up the issue of the job because again, we go back to the mind being terrified of the future. It's either obsessing and depressed and sad about the past or terrified of the future that when you have like that, a terrible job and you know how happy you would be without it. The mind is terrified of the future. It cannot envision that whatever is coming is better than what you have now. 
They can only see that, oh, how horrible things are going to be without this job. So at least I'm with something that I know as opposed to risking my life with something I don't know. But why does it have to be bad? <laughs> Again, that's, you know, you're yielding to that mental program that, oh, terrified of the future. I think most people, regardless of whether they um, are in a miserable situation or not, most people are afraid of change. Mm-hmm. I watched that a lot during the major transitions. And so we all hit them every eight to ten years. And yet, as much as someone may say, I want change, I want change, the minute the universe supports change, they grab a hold of the old stuff with both hands. There, There is such a fear of going into what is unknown that they have to have the known be so awful or have it taken away. I've, I've, I've worked with people for lengths of time and encouraged them to leave the job and am not surprised when the job leaves them because that's what it takes for some people. Sometimes it has to end in horrible, you know, situations because, you know, first God whispers and then, then the universe yells and then they hit you with a brick, you know? Yeah, but I, I, I'm very glad that I waited for my job to leave me because otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten 17 weeks of severance. <laughs> there you go. There is that benefit. <laughs> that and unemployment for some folks. Okay, we've got one other person that you haven't got to yet. TJ Magic, True Magic, I think. Okay, can somebody no, give me the numbers? Not true magic. Oh, it's, no, it's not? Huh? No. No, it's T-Y. I can't read it because my... <laughs> it's too small for me. We just call him TJ. Okay. I see, okay. I see oh. TJ. I don't see the number. Can uh, you get him? Can you call yeah, me? Three, three, two, seven, six, seven. Three, seven, six, seven. No, three, two, seven, six, seven. Three, seven six, March 27th. And I'm going to make the assumption that these are True Magic's actual birthday. It's not True Magic's. It's TJ. Just say TJ. TJ. I'm going to make the assumption that this is TJ's numbers. And these 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 numbers are the same as the very first person that I uh, spoke on. It's the last life lesson that we do on the planet. Yvonne, that was the one that had the same energy. Um, so we've got pretty much all old souls here. Um uh, but creative and playful, explorational, um, lots of teenage energy, lots of energy in the emotional realm, um, but a lot of stubbornness and groundedness. But the follow through and with a three, five, eight, they're, they're here to learn about success and to become successful in their own right. But at the same time, there is a disconnect between the creative playful and the the making it happen there's that that tenacity sometimes is missing to actually bring bring things to fruition so the challenge for a person that has a 358 is to come up with a good idea but to follow through until it brings them the reward that they're wanting um uh, i think i commented before i i often envision this as the guy that invented the pet rock you know, came up with this idea of putting a rock in a box and calling it a pet and then made millions. Um, but I, I think probably turned the idea over to someone else after they put a few rocks in boxes because they were onto something else. Um, I did that and called it Shungite. There you go. 
<laughs> you, you're putting that in boxes and envelopes every day. Right. Um, there's another. Th- Were you finished with that? I'm sorry. Sure. Um, because uh, Sunny says that she gave the format of her numbers in UK, but all she's saying is that that it's the same numbers. But she, had, you know, over there they'll say the day before the month, and so maybe we should um, kind of quickly explain where you're getting these numbers because some people think it's something to do with astrology and it really isn't. No, it's it's um. It's a, uh, it's actually a science because if you add one and one, you get two. Um, that's why you get away with doing it when you're in towns that don't allow divination. Um, numerology, I have no clue where and when it started. There are all different versions of it. Um, basically, it doesn't even matter what order the numbers are in. When you add them up, you add up all the single digits until you come up with a final number and then if you've got more than one digit you add those to you get a final number so like with TJ 327 1967 3 plus 2 plus 7 plus 1 plus 9 plus 6 plus 7 according to my little calculator comes to 35 and if you add 3 plus 5 you get 8 and so 8 kind of like saying you're an Aries or you're a you're a Taurus or you're a whatever in astrology I'm not an astrologer but it would be similar to your sun sign um, and then the three and the five is part of what brings you to the eight so the eight may be kind of like what your primary life focus is but the three and the five are sort of the underpinnings and three and five are what I think of as teenage numbers um, you think how teenagers will throw themselves into the middle of something without always thinking about the end result. Uh, creative, playful, explorers. Um, it, and I say it's more in the emotional, they're more in the emotional and physical energies than spending way too much time in their head. So you have a blend of energies. It's almost like being two people until you learn how to blend them together. One side being, you know, kind of creative and playful and the other being stubborn and grounded. And I have heard many times people say, yeah, I feel like I'm living with two people when they have a 358 in their life because they don't always know which one's showing up, the, the playful one or the, the person that's, you know, focused on an outcome and trying to create something. So, so yeah, it doesn't matter what order the numbers are in. You just add them all as single digits till you come up with a final number. I mentioned before uh, a book called uh, The Metaphysical Handbook. There are a lot of books on numerology out there, but the reason I recommend The Metaphysical Handbook to people is because uh, David and Lucy Pond, the authors, have done a real good job in one chapter um, defining the different numbers and also telling you how to get to those numbers. Um, and then they have chapters on astrology, palmistry, I Ching, chakras. So it, in one book, you can get a real, uh, a real uh, understanding of a whole lot of the tools. Most people that do psychic work, I'm making air quotes with my fingers. Uh, most people that do this work, when, when there's, they look for what we call confirmers, and confirmers are could be the tarot or the I Ching or it could be a pendulum. 
dowsing rods, the runes, just some way to confirm for you that what you're getting is correct. And I say numerology was both a shield and a confirmer for me when I started working with the lines because you never know who's on the other end of that phone and you don't really want to come in with your shields down so you can pick up, you know, enough to make it worth their while calling in. So numerology was a way for me to, you always had to get their birth date to make sure they were over 18 in the beginning. Nowadays it's credit cards and all of that and it's not quite as stringent on making sure they're 18 or older. Uh, that's handled at the front end of the business. But I still ask for birth dates and first names and I even ask what state they're calling me from, which is a throwback to the beginning. Um, but I use the numerology to feel out who the person is and um, to get them on board because after with all these readings, numerology has been so accurate that when someone says, no, that's not right, I'm kind of stunned for a moment. It, it's so rare that that happens. I honestly can't even remember the last time it's happened now that, you know, doing the numbers to get started. And then if they're opening up, if, you know, if they're not running their own game, usually their guides or my guides will give them what else I need to tell them. So, now, when you're talking about the numbers, are are you seeing numbers as being a, let's say, designated um symbol for a energy like an energy will have color or it, it it would have a i mean when we talk energies there's there's tremendous amount of stuff that goes into a frequency but certain major chords let's think of it that way um have a particular number representation that that's what you're seeing in numerology um to me, the numbers have colors. Uh, like I said, I'm, I, um, like I always, I equate the sevens with blue. And for me, blue is the color of the intellect. So if I'm talking to a seven, I'll usually reference the color blue. Um, I'm clairsentient, so I just get gut feelings about things. I don't really see, unless I'm doing something channeled. I don't usually see images. Um, uh, the numbers themselves are an energy. I said it's it's a science. So like when you're adding the numbers, you come up with a number, and that number equates to a certain energy, which could be the energy. Like say with with threes, it's the energy of play and creativity and exploration. Um, the the number six is more grounded more stable so the colors that I equate go into the, the darker forest or colors you know fours fours I equate with browns and greens because brown's a stubborn color and green is the color of, of growing things so I think of farmers when I think of fours even though they're not farmers they're the people that they plant the seeds and then they hold the garden and they wait for the plant to come up and you know it's there's a, a process and a path that's secure so um, in that sense, the numbers just for me personally, I, I've, I've hung colors with them. I, I don't see auras and that sort of thing. That's that's not what I'm trying to imply when I talk about the colors. Yeah, um, I think I think it's all comes down to frequency because I mean, you yeah. know, the energy and and um, 
Walter, are you out there? Are you chatting or are you actually listening? And do you do you have something you'd like to contribute or ask Lee? Uh, or no, uh, I, I was listening. Uh, it's funny that she she refers to uh, colors. Uh, it reminded me that uh, uh, and human design is based on the on the lines of the I Ching, because the I Ching has. 64 patterns and it's human design uh, uses the, the 64 codons of the DNA and below the lines there's something called a color and it's it's funny because they don't use color as a, as a noun they use it as an adjective it's uh, an energy that colors what's above it so and I see Lee is using it in somewhat the same way She's seeing the quality of the energy. She she gets the energy of the number, and then she's assigning a quality to it, which you know makes perfect sense because energies have frequency, and frequency manifests as a as a color. So it's, that's it's just an observation on my part. It it always just made sense to me. Um, um. It may be my art background. I don't know. Um, and the other part of it is it helps make it more real for people. If people don't really relate to the numbers, um, the color kind of is a little more woo-woo for them to get a hold of. Do you have time uh, for one more? Is, are you, is it Barb Three Crow or do you have one for me? No, that one. Okay. Yeah, I just saw that. I, I scrolled down and saw that. I'll be glad to. Barbara is bulletproof, so let her have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this once again, this is one of the the teenagers of the universe in disguise, um, or disguised as a teenager in the universe. This is the explorer energy. This is this is the creative. This is the, an instigator. Um, the um, uh, the one thing I, I didn't comment on before that is seem to be true the vast majority of the time. Uh, Barb's energy uh, is the 235 frequency. And what I have seen over the years is that threes and fives, they tend to hold their looks. They tend to look younger than they are. And they tend to hold their looks till they leave the planet. Um, that When I have that yellow and orange sense in the threes and the fives, um, they have a youthfulness to their energy that tends to uh, stay with them unless they do something silly. Um, they tend to be good-looking people and they tend to hold their looks. Um, uh, uh, Barb is... So you're saying that us three fives were just a bunch of hotties? Mostly, yeah. People that have threes <laughs> and fives, they, they tend to have the looks and they keep the looks. Yeah. Uh, Barb is... Um, Barb's in a financial layer right now, and primarily she's in a seven year, which I would say she's got blue all over her. Seven years are for learning, and 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 it's definitely a year for the mind to run amok. Um, I I would normally encourage folks in a seven year to look into any classes, courses, workshops, seminars, things like that to keep their brain busy because the minute you let the brain run amok, it's just going to chew on you, which is what worry is. Worry is our brain.
keeping itself busy, worried, you know, just playing over the things that we think too much about. So um, she's got uh, definitely partnering energy in her field. Normally when people, uh, two, three, they are more grounded when they're with someone than when they're not with someone. Um, and they said the five and the three are definitely colors of the explorer. Uh, the tendency holds true, though, with threes and fives. They they can get distracted by shiny, jingly things um, from their original things. So it's it's good to give them things in 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 chewable portions before you lose their attention. If I'm lying, Barb, tell me. <laughs> Well, we're getting into the last 10 minutes here. For anybody that would like to contact um, um, Lee directly, um, tell them where they can get a hold of you, Lee. Um, your easiest path is going to be energyweaver.com. Um, it's got a way to uh, send me an email, and you know, feel free to send a phone number if you'd like or let me know what it is you're, I can be of service with. Um and and I'll be glad to get back with you. And uh, I've just enjoyed the heck out of hanging out with y'all again this evening. And I hope it's been of interest to folks. Oh, and yeah. I, I You're talking about them. Yes, it's always an interest. Because, because you're sharing things that, you know, I mean, nobody else has had the, well, I suppose there's a few, but, you know, that kind of exposure to... Um, Understanding the subtleties of the energies based on 90,000 people who have talked to you and, you know, gained guidance from you. And to, to share it like this is really, you know, um, we thank you for coming on and doing this for us. And plus the fact that, you know, you always have interesting information and stories. So you're welcome back anytime you feel like it. Um, Walt, any Final kind of thoughts or whatever? Oh, no, my thoughts are never final. I'm always coming up with new ones. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's too much fun. All the, yeah. this all this reality-making stuff. I mean, it's just it's never-ending. Just when you think you reach the last episode of the season, here's the, new, the next one. So... Well, you, you know, the, the, uh, last Saturday we had that most interesting four hours with Annette and us, the skeptic and the conspiracy people. And, um, she, I was telling her the story about, you know, when my cat came to me and, and, and told me that we were under attack by these ETs and everything. And she says to me, why did you believe your cat? Now, what I should have said to her at the time was, well, if I didn't think my cat was talking to me, then I would have thought I was crazy. And it was better for me to think the cat was talking to me than to think <laughs> I was making it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why question it? I mean, that's the that's the knee-jerk reaction of the medical establishment. Oh, no, 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 ignore what you're seeing. Don't pay attention to what you're seeing. I'm sure there's a rational explanation, which it's like, a, you know what? It's not that far removed from the archaeological world. Every time they come across something that they don't understand, they attribute it to some religious ritual or some religious belief. Like the ancients never had science. Like they never had art. Everything is religious this and religious that. And I remember uh, this uh, old lady who was living um, 
in the town where the Nazca lines in, are in Peru. And uh, she was there, and there, there was this young woman, an archaeologist, and she said that, you know, why is it that archaeologists attribute everything they don't understand to some religious belief, some ancient belief? <laughs> and she goes, oh, my God, you've discovered our secret. That's what we do. <laughs> so if I don't know what this is, oh, it must have been some some religious belief, you know. Just, yeah, you know, but when your experiences are telling you, I mean, we've done some rather peculiar things and, um, well, except the flea and tick thing, we've had indications that what we did, you know, worked. Um, so, uh, of course, Simon, Simon, uh, Parks has different ideas about what we did and didn't. He still thinks that there's gin out there doing bad things. Now that you, it was interesting. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up his name uh, because I noticed in, in his show, somebody asked him about Donald Trump, and he said that Donald Trump was being supported by the military because they have a trillion dollars and they can buy uh, any candidate they want. He did not explain why the military are backing him up. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at the Fulford report I sent you today. No. Fulford explains why he's... Uh, Trump is being supported by the military because the cabal guys are afraid of Trump because he's not a member of the club. He's not one of them. So that's interesting. You know, a candidate who's not a member of the cabal, that's a new one, regardless of how controversial he is and how ignorant he comes across. At least he's not one of them. Well, yeah, I mean, that that is the allure to him, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I know that, that Colleen gets crazy when we talk about Trump, but the reality is, is that he's got a, a tremendous following, um, that are following him because they can, they sense, they know that he is outside of this, this matrix, that he's the yeah. wild card. And so they're putting a tremendous amount of energy into him. And, um, I, I think we're missing a great, a great story, but I just don't have the time to, to follow it. But if you, it's almost like if you think of it, Trump inside of that matrix would be like a, a crack in the concrete. Yeah. And also look at the, uh, ignore everything that's come out of his mouth. Look at the fundamental message of his life pattern. And it's a very basic message. Don't pay your debts. I like that message. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen? He gets into horrible debt. You know, he borrows hundreds of millions of dollars from the bank, and he doesn't pay them back. The, the bank is saddled with running his business, and and they have to give him a stipend. I was in New York when he declared the first time he declared bankruptcy. You know what? The poor guy. The bank had to come up to an agreement. The bank had to give him thirty-five thousand dollars a month so that he could maintain his style of living. And the bank had to run the stuff that he made, you know, the, the business that he got into until they could get their money back. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a 35000 a month I can do with that a year. <laughs> well, Col Colleen is saying that, um, you know, he's only Trump is only saying what they want to hear, along with the sexism, racism, and, oh, my God, skillet start itching. What's that mean? <laughs> well, isn't he like the... Uh, like, you know, when you have these adventure series and the superheroes as a comedy psychic, isn't he like the comedy psychic of this whole election process? I don't, 
I don't know. I just find the whole thing to be so preposterous. I mean, you know, the, 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 um, one side of me is very embarrassed by the whole thing. And the other side of me is absolutely hysterical that this is the way it's coming down. You got one that might be indicted and another one who is so strange nobody can really believe it, who everybody is cheering for. Well, not everybody. <laughs> At least Colleen's not cheering. Um, we're, <laughs> we're coming to the end of the, the show. And, um, again, Lee Brown's website is, uh, energyweaver.com and ours is cosmicreality.net. And I do want to say that the, um, that the, the store is, taken over we what happens we had to make a non-profit foundation or company here in florida and we've gotten to the point where we're transitioning to be underneath the company so anybody that starts ordering you're going to see cosmic reality shungite inc on the packaging but it's me it's just me it's not much of a change yet um and it won't be much of a change on the store, but we are expanding. We're getting more and more people really, really interested in it. I could tell you stories about it, but we don't have time. Um, so you can get to CosmicReality.net. You can get to, to Walt there. Um, there's buttons right on the home page in the far right bottom bottom one. It will be the archive for this show. We are a donation-supported network. Uh, you've got Haggy Shack, which Colleen is the producer tonight. And you've got um, Wolf Spirit Radio, and you have EverBeyondRadio.com. And all of these work with donations. That's the only way that anybody, any, we don't, the hosts don't, but, you know, production costs a lot of money. So if you can help us out that way, we'd be very appreciative. And if you'd like to spend $5 a month to get into the archives that go back five years and be amazed, you can do that also. Coming up is Haggy Reads for You, and that's going to be followed by, I think, Say What, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, and Say What is a really interesting program. Uh, we had a good show last week. We normally do, oddly enough. So you might want to you know, come back or stick around and listen to that. Lee, I, again, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Walt. Thank you again. Thank Colleen, you. I will see you tomorrow on uh, Whitley Streber's Fans of Whitley. And yeah. everybody out there, good night. Thanks to the audience because all the audience that we get are the people that are really invested in reality making. So that's, I think that's top of the line. And I want to tell you, there is stuff happening with the water in the Navajos uh, situation. I just haven't had time to get it up on, online, so I will. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, things are happening. So uh, love you guys out there. Love you guys here. And be safe. We'll see you next week. Or hopefully we'll see you Wednesday or Saturday on Say What. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, Walt and I are going to be on a different uh, network altogether. So Saturday we, we're going to do a, you know, That's probably, gonna, talk, uh, probably talk Shungite, eh? <laughs> it's 3 p.m. Eastern time because it's, it's 12 uh, Pacific, so it's 3 p.m. your time. No, no, it's three Pacific, it, so it's five. Oh, I no, don't know. according to the email you sent me, it's. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I have to look at it. I, I'm going to go look at it right now. Colleen, I'll yep. talk to you later about this. It says 12 to 2 Pacific time. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> later. Thanks all, and thank you, Lee. Thank you so much. Y'all have been my blessing this evening. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Explanations for the nation overstanding the impression is they listen.
could ring in my ears, bring tears over the years. People stopped believing, achieving, feeding the whole land in the end. The pretenders pretend and warriors feel sorry. Teaching, preaching, the unknown. Thank you.